Welcome to Steeping Around, sponsored by the Maya Tea Company. I am your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking all things tea. There is change in the air. Can you feel it? The leaves turning brown, temperatures a little colder. The San Francisco Giants win the World Series. Football is in full swing. And my shorts have given way to long pants and jeans, finally. But probably the most important event of the fall certainly has to be the elections that just transpired. Here in the United States, these were big elections, and there were a lot of changes. A lot of new candidates, a lot of new propositions, but mostly the new voice of the Tea Party expressing very vocally their opinion on political events and policy. It made me ponder what the original Boston Tea Party was really all about. Does anybody really know? Can you go back to your history classes to recall what the Boston Tea Party was really all about? We were supposed to do a show on black tea, but I thought, you know, this would be a good time to take a little pause, a seventh inning stretch, if you will, from our sort of progression. I know we talked about white tea and then green tea and oolong tea over the past few shows, but I thought rather than just jump into black tea in the next segments, let's talk a little bit about tea history in this country. Bring it home a little bit here in the United States. Talk about the Boston Tea Party and what happened on that fateful night. To really know about it, you have to look a little earlier. 1763, the British had just won the French and Indian War at great expense, as most wars are. Wars are also pretty complex, and they kind of took their eye off of the colonies. So looking to recoup some of the losses from the war in terms of cost and regain control of the colonies a little bit, they did a couple of things. They passed two acts, the Stamp Act in 1765 and the Townsend Act in 1767, both of which designed to tax things being sent to the colonies. Of course, they responded like many of us have done lately, especially. We don't want your stinking taxes or your goods. And so this whole idea of no taxation without representation came up. The colonists didn't feel like they should take on the taxes simply because some parliament thousands of miles away levied them accordingly. So because of the resistance, there was a repeal of those acts, but with one small exception. In 1773, there was a Tea Act passed, and it was a clever one, and it essentially did two things. It actually lowered the price of tea. It allowed the East India Company to import tea directly into the colonies without having to go through British merchants as of the time. So it eliminated a middleman. It made tea cheaper. But attached to that monopoly that they gave the East India Tea Company, they also put in a little itty bitty tax, thinking that they could get this tax passed. Colonists who loved their tea at the time would simply allow this one to pass because the actual price of tea came down. This was going to help the East India Tea Company that was struggling at the time. It would put a little money into the coffers, so it was kind of a win-win-win, right? Nothing doing. Any tax at the time was opposed regardless of the outcome. Interestingly enough, some of the people who opposed those taxes were merchants. Smugglers, really. 
they were a little worried that the cheaper, now monopolized, tea coming in would put their smuggling operations, which used to bring in Dutch tea, out of business. Furthermore, a lot of merchants were a little concerned because by establishing the monopoly of the East India Trading Company for the importation of tea, were there other monopolies going to be established, thereby putting other types of merchants out of business? So really, some of the origins of the protest were from merchants slash smugglers. But truly, the idea of taxation was the most important component. Now, in 1773, several ships sailed from the East India Company to the ports of New York, Philadelphia, Boston, and Charleston. Four ships were headed to Boston, only three made it, and all of them carrying tea on board. When it arrived, people were not happy, and a crowd gathered 7,000 strong to protest and prevent the unloading of the tea. When I come back, we're going to talk about what happened more specifically that fateful night, what happened as a result of the Boston Tea Party, and we're even going to talk about how it can affect us today in our question of the week. So please do stay with me as we continue this story here on Steeping Around. had such a tough time waking up in the morning, but coffee is so hard on my stomach. I need a good alternative. How about tea? It's not just an alternative to coffee, it's a solution. Many tea varieties offer a lift without the negative side effects associated with coffee. You mean no more sour stomach? That's right. Say goodbye to that teeth-grinding, nerve-shaking, dehydrating habit. But isn't tea really bitter? No, not when you've got good tea. There are hundreds of varieties to choose from, and each offers its own unique flavor, from the light and silky to the bold and toasty. Plus, the Maya Tea Company blends many teas with subtle, tantalizing flavors like vanilla, raspberry, and almond. The possibilities are endless. That sounds too good to be true. These great teas must be very expensive. At MayaTea.com, you can select the amount of tea you want, and their prices are incredible. Plus, you can save an extra 15%. Just enter STEEP into the coupon code. STEEP? Yeah, STEEP, as in steeping around. Just go to www.MayaTea.com, that's M-A-Y-A-T-E-A.com, and enter STEEP into the coupon code. Thanks. I'm switching to tea today. <laughs> We're back here at Steeping Around. I am your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking about the Boston Tea Party. What's its significance in American history? Doesn't it have world consequences? I think it's important to look at the Boston Tea Party and really see what the larger impact truly was. We left off in our story with 7,000 really angry colonialists protesting the arrival of three ships of tea from the East India Tea Company, which were docked in Boston Harbor. They didn't want to have any of that tea unloaded and therefore be taxed for it. So things got 
a little heated. So on that cold December night, it was December 16th, 1773. So you can imagine, it was pretty cold that night. You would think they would want tea, but apparently not tea with a tax associated with it. And so the longer they spoke, the more fervent their protest became. In their anger, a group of men, there's some conflict as to how many, but quite a few decided to disguise themselves as the native Indians, thinly I might add, by putting soot on their faces. This way they couldn't be pegged for having done this uh, act, but uh, apparently everybody knew it was the jig was certainly up. And they boarded all three ships, shouting like war chants and uh, various slogans, destroyed the chests of tea, opening them up and throwing them overboard, therefore rendering them useless. During the course of the morning, some chests were found floating in the harbor, and another group of sailors went back through and destroyed those to make sure that not a single leaf would arrive on the shore. And from this act, the legend of the Boston Tea Party comes. Now, it was never really called the Boston Tea Party until much, much later. But this particular act was truly a slap in the face. It galvanized the parliament in England and they passed something called the Intolerable Act. Now, the same thing occurred at some of the other harbors where the tea was, New York, Philadelphia, and Charleston. That's a little-known fact. However, now that all of this tea had been destroyed, 90,000 pounds of it, the British government was very angry. And so they passed the Intolerable Acts, shutting down Boston Harbor. Now, American merchants or I should say colonial merchants, was in America at the time, colonial merchants were very upset over all of this turmoil. You know, merchants really don't like a lot of turmoil and insecurity. They want things stable. And so they offered to pay for the lost tea. Let's bring peace back. Nothing doing. The British were wounded in their pride and were angry at these acts of violence against them. And they continued their response. And so frustration grew on both sides, enough so that there was the formation of the Continental Congress, ultimately the signing of the Declaration of Independence, the Revolutionary War, and the creation of a democracy called the United States of America, whose principles have been cast around the world and democracy has spread to millions, if not billions. I think it is enormously important and very cool from my perspective to think as a tea professional that this country and democracy itself can find its origins in a single aggressive move by two parties, both the British and the colonialists, over a beloved drink. It was because tea was so popular that they thought, well, a little tax isn't going to be that upsetting. They really, really want tea. But they underestimated the desire for freedom and to not have taxes levied upon them. And so this underestimation led to a spark that ultimately led to the creation of democracy. Pretty amazing. One of the unintended consequences, sadly for those of us in the tea business today, is that this country became a coffee-consuming nation thereafter. Tea was now a sign of British tyranny and no longer consumed by the masses. What are you going to do? But we're making a comeback. 
And when I come back, I'm going to talk about the comeback of tea here in our question of the week. So stay with me. I'll be right back here on Steeping Around. Susan, what's happening? So, um, I'm going to need you to stay a little later today. Uh, we need to play a little catch-up. If you could do that for me, that would be great. Need a little something to help you push through your workday? Forget that created-in-a-chemistry-lab five-hour energy beverage. We've got something better. A delicious drink that will give you the jolt you need plus health benefits. This drink increases metabolism and attention span and decreases the risk of cancer, diabetes, and heart problems. Can you guess what it is? If you said tea, you're a genius. The Maya Tea Company offers a huge selection of decadent tea blends at an unbeatable price. So whether you're in the mood for something light or bold, hot or cold, Maya Tea has just what you need. And even better, you can get it right from your desk. Just log on to www.mayatea.com, that's M-A-Y-A-T-E-A.com, and save an extra 15% of your hard-earned paycheck by entering the word STEEP in the coupon code. You know, STEEP, as in steeping around. No problem getting through today. Welcome back to Steeping Around. I am your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking about the Boston Tea Party, specifically about the effect of the Boston Tea Party on tea consumption in this country. Ever since then, tea has been second fiddle, maybe even third or fourth, to coffee. We became a coffee-consuming country after the Tea Party, as tea was associated with British tyranny. And so we went to coffee. Now that's changing. Our question of the week is, will tea ever overtake coffee as being the number one consumed beverage in this country? I will tell you that in the last 15 years that I've been in the business, the consumption of tea has really risen. I've been the fortunate beneficiary of that. My tea company's grown. Tea companies around the country have grown. And you've seen that all over in terms of the number of varieties of that which is offered. I think that's going to continue. Certainly for the next 10 or 15 years, you're going to see a great push in the awareness, the enjoyment, and the choices of higher quality tea by most people. Look, we're doing a show on tea. Who'd have thunk it 10 years ago? But, you know, we're enjoying doing this, and I see a bright future. Whether tea becomes the real key player over coffee, I don't believe that's going to happen anytime soon in my lifetime. But nonetheless, tea has a great role to play. The biggest thing I think tea can contribute right now is the fact that it's really hard to scream and shout when you're having a cup of tea. Across the world, tea is used as the beverage over which deals are made and sorrows are shared. We are more inclusive when you're drinking tea with one another than you are exclusive. And I think that given today's political climate, the polarization of the sides in this country, and really maybe all over the world, it seems like there's a lot of screaming going on. Maybe more tea might help. Sit down, 
have a cup of tea with one another, and just have quiet dialogue. Let's understand each other better, and who knows, maybe things will turn around for everyone. If you have a question of the week that's tea-related that you would like for me to answer, please do so by sending it via email. My email address is steep at mayatea.com. That's S-T-E-E-P at mayatea.com. Or, if you would, friend us on Facebook. We have Facebook sites for both Steeping Around as well as the Maya Tea Company. And our web address is www.mayatea.com. Next week, we will continue back on our series on tea leaves. We're going to move to black tea. Up to this point, we spent a lot of time talking about variations on the Camellia sinensis leaf. White tea, green tea, oolong. But now we get to introduce Assamica, Camellia Assamica, which is primarily black tea. So we're going to talk about that next week. Also, the history of black tea, some of its benefits. It's the most popular type of tea consumed all over the world. It was the tea that was dumped in the Boston Harbor. But we're going to dive into it in greater detail. I hope you'll join me next week. And until then, thank you for steeping around with me. Have a great week.